0: Did you know that? If you've been here, if you've been here any time in the last two months, you'll know we're in the book of First John, and we're in um, chapter two, the end of chapter two. <clears throat> to know God and share His love—that's our mission at Life Church. And <clears throat> and today, uh, what I'm going to share—we've uh, kind of touched on it already. But uh, in in our songs and in conversation, it's one of the most important, life-changing truths that you can have in your heart, what I'm going to share today. And uh, I I can't emphasize it enough. (laughs) It's going to be good, what God has to say in his word to us today. And... um, I'm excited because um, it can change you and it can change me when we get this, okay? But first I wanted to share something funny. I think it's funny. Uh, can you show that? You probably a lot of you have seen this um, on social media. There's going to be something up here. This is not a political statement from Noel. I just think it's funny. A million kids want to clean up the earth, and a million parents want them to start with their rooms. Can I get an amen? All right. Cleaning up the earth is very important, but start with your room. I was saying to my wife, Heather, that... um, Yes, my only wife, Heather... And I was saying to her that our youngest son—he's—he's um, he's almost two. He's still one, though. If you want to know how many months he is, ask his mom. Uh, he's one, and for some reason, I've got—I've got four kids, and they're all older than him. But for some reason, when I look at him, I see him as like like somehow my imagination goes wild, and I see him like as an adult or as a teenager. Do you ever, any parents have, get those little dreams and visions of your children? And for some reason, he just draws it out of me, my, my little Aiden. And I don't know, I, have, I don't know exactly, my wife has some theories about strong wills and stuff. But I don't know why he does this, but I just can see him being older and me looking up to him. And it's going to be interesting. Thankfully, we, we have these little phones now that we can take thousands of pictures so I can just keep him there as that little child. Um, there's this great passage in uh, Psalm 127.4. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And um, <clears throat> God has great plans for our children. Amen. Amen. Uh, and I think it's uh, interesting. Arrows aren't meant to be kept in a quiver forever. They're meant to be, sooner or later, taken out and shot. And and as parents, that's what we get to do. That's what God is saying. And <clears throat> But it's interesting. Arrows are interesting, right? They are... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen an arrow. They're made up of four main parts. The first part is the shaft. That's the long piece of it. That's, it must be straight, right? Then there's the fletching, which are the, the feathers that go on the back that keep it balanced so it doesn't flip over itself. Then there's what they call the nook, and that's the little slot at the back that you can put it into the bowstring to pull it back so that the When the bow's pulled back, it pushes it out. And then the the fourth part is the point, which allows it to achieve its purpose. And if you're missing one of those or they're messed up, it's not going to achieve the impact that it's created for. Are you with me? And in the same way with our children, there are things that we want to build into their lives that are very important. And if those things are crooked or not in place, then that child's going to have a hard time achieving the purpose and making an impact in the world that they were created to make. Good. Things like, for instance, identity. Does my child know who they are? Things like character. I I heard somebody say character is um, learning response ability. Having response ability. How do you respond to authorities? How do you respond to life circumstances? We want to build character into our children so that when they shoot out, Then um, there could be uh, relationships, right? For our kids, it's so important, the people that are around them. They say that for teenagers, that uh, the greatest influence in the teenager's life is, unfortunately, not you parents, but it's the friends that are surrounding them. So having good friends in your kid's life is vital, the last one I would say would be, do they have a sense of mission? Or are they living with purpose? Are they just kind of on cruise control, going whatever the wind blows? Or are they heading in a specific direction? So just I would, I've just been pondering those things. As a parent, right? How many parents in here? Yeah. So we think about these things occasionally, don't we, when we're not so busy just trying to survive. Uh, and these things are important. Um, but I want us to look, about, look into this in a, in a different way today that is applicable not only to parents but to all of us. And what I wanted to, to title the message today is Children of God. Children of God. And we're going to look at um, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 to 3, verse, chapter 3, verse 3. Um, but But children of God and... <clears throat> It's amazing, the Bible often talks about our Heavenly Father, right? We pray, we pray that prayer, our Father in Heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, our Father. But it's amazing, when you become a father, how much more that means to you. Because you realize how much, I remember when, I, when we had Jewel, and there was this little, tiny, little cute little red-haired ball of a child and we brought her home and she was screaming her head off and I remember picking her up that night and just walking with her and it like took me a while to comprehend that I am her dad and it was it was like this amazing sense of responsibility desire to protect care for guard, watch out for, dream for the future with. All these things direct her life. Um, And and then I read things like this, that God is my father, that he might have these same feelings that I have for my daughter towards me. And if you know that, that's what I wanted to say, It can be totally life-transforming to your life. And maybe you say you do know that, but maybe today it needs to move down a little bit. And you can really feel that. You have a Heavenly Father who cares for you. You're His little girl, His little boy. And he has good plans and purposes for you. I heard somebody say, If in heaven, if God has a desk, your picture is on it. Let's look at these verses in first John chapter 28 to 29, I'll read. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame. At at his coming if you know that he is righteous you may be sure that everyone who practice practices righteousness has been born of him so i just want to stop at at this and um this is john do you remember john speaking and we said we said john in his 20s he was the son of thunder calling down fire on communities uh you know, speaking whatever he thought, asking Jesus to sit on a throne next to him when he comes into his kingdom. This is John the powerhouse, strong, opinionated, desiring, greatness John. But he's changed, and now he's in his 80s, somewhere around his 80s, 90s, 100s, and he's changed. And even the way he speaks seems to have changed. He says stuff when he's talking to this community of churches that he's talking to, he's writing to, he says stuff like, Little kids, I want to tell you about your father. He's so interesting, this John. And so he says, and now little children. He, he's, he uses words like beloved, loved ones. You guys are so loved. God loves you so much. You're his little children over and over in this book. He's like little children, little children. And this is what I was talking about earlier. This is your identity. Say my identity. My identity. This is my identity. And when we know who we are, it changes how we act. Sometimes we get it backwards, though. We think we have to act in order to know who we are. Are you with me? We got to earn something to be something. But in the Bible, it says you are something, then you become like someone. Okay, I'm going to get to that. So don't get it backwards. Don't try to earn your identity because you already got it. And the Bible says for everyone, all of humanity, your identity is that you are created in the image of God, number one. Number two, You are valuable. Say, I am valuable. Now smile and say, I am valuable. (laughs) All right, good. You are valuable. You're so precious. But then he says, in this, he says something very interesting that is unique and it's for specific people. He says, little children. And that's not for the whole world, for everyone. Did you know that? It's for, but it doesn't mean you have it automatically. Uh, Little children, this is what John said in in the gospel that he wrote. In chapter 1, verse 12, he said, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children children of god so how do you become a child of god i want to i want it to be very clear for you so you don't get lost because people will tell you out there that they are a child of god but but the bible might say something a little bit different okay this is what it's did you well i read it again so you can answer my question that i'm going to give you i'm gonna give you a little quiz is that all right? the question is how do you become a child of God? Now, now let me read you the answer, and then I'm going to ask you the answer. Is that going to be helpful? Okay. How do I become a child of God? John says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, so my the answer that I'm looking for is two words, okay? How do you Become a child of God in two words. Number one. Anybody got it? Receive. Number two? Believe. believe. Excellent. A plus or 100%. Receiving Jesus. Receiving Jesus. Okay. You, You know, this is an interesting one. Receiving Jesus. Imagine you invite Jesus into your house. Jesus, come on in. I receive you into my home, but don't play the music loud. But don't cook smelly fish. This is not a good kind of receiving when we're talking about Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you receive everything about who Jesus is into your life. So when Jesus knocks on your door and he comes in, as your provider you receive him in as your provider if jesus knocks on your door and he and he wants to come in as your counselor you receive him as your counselor when he knocks on your door and he wants to come in as an authority to your life and tell you something you receive him in you sit down and you listen right if he wants to come in as the king you receive him in as the ruler. So don't receive Jesus badly. Receive Jesus. Yeah, That's good, Noel. Can I get an amen, No, That's good. Okay. Receiving Jesus me- means receiving a- a- who he is, who he really is. And then believing Jesus. This, this is an interesting one, too. And um, I found in John... Again, John speaking in chapter 6, verse 35 of his gospel that he wrote about Jesus. He he quotes Jesus. He said, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall not thirst. So do you see, believing is not just some, okay, yeah, I just, I believe in Jesus. Okay, I believe Jesus. But when you believe in Jesus... You believe that Jesus is everything that your soul needs. He says, I am the bread of life. I'm what you really need most deeply in your life. Do you believe Jesus today? He says, I'm the, I'm the water. You're never going to be thirsty ever again. You don't have to chase success and power and wealth and all these other things because I'm what you need. I'm going to give you what you need. You're not going to be thirsty. You're not going to be hungry. You're going to be searching everywhere for something because I'm going to fill that need in you. So when you believe Jesus, you believe that he's everything you need. Okay. These are the children of God, those who receive and believe. The next word John says is uh, this word abide. Abide in him. That's my phone. Turn your phones on silent, everyone. God loves me still. Abide in him. You keep that, go, go back to that, um, those verses 28 to 29. Uh, Dorota was talking about a marriage coming up in a few weeks. And when we receive Jesus and we believe Jesus, there's a moment that we become a child of god but john says there's so just like a wedding there is a moment when you become a husband and a wife remember they say i now pronounce you husband and wife you may kiss the bride and then everything changes and you are so blessed right heather you are so blessed everything changes but you know what so that's the day that's the moment you become a child of god but then he says abide in him and that's this ongoing relationship right now you have a wife you have a husband you live every day together you you're with one another the the other bible translations when they see this word abide they say they use words like uh, remain in him or Continue in him. Keep going together with Jesus. This is what we do when we abide. And uh, same with adoption. You know, you become, you become a child, and then you're, you're a child. They're my dad. They're my mom. This is what God's saying. I've adopted you into my family. You've received Jesus. You believed in him. You become a child. You've got the right to become a child of God. Now stay a child. Keep living with me as my child. Day by day. Um, and then at the very end here, you see it, it's uh, in in orange or yellow. It says, born of him. You've been born of him. And um, this is like, you've heard that phrase, born again. Ever heard that? Uh, no one is uh, born a Christian. I just want to clarify that with you all especially you know we're in ireland and a lot of people think that they were born a christian but god's word says no i am and i'm happy to tell you that you can be born left-handed you can be born red-haired but you can't be born a christian We have a physical birth and we have a spiritual birth, is what Jesus says. Flesh is of flesh, spirit is of spirit. And you remember there was this one night that a religious person came to Jesus. He was a he was a synagogue. He was a, a ruler of the Sanhedrin. John talks about him in John in his gospel chapter three. And this man named Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, comes to him. And he says, teacher, you are amazing. Jesus, he, did, he, he came to him at night because he probably didn't want his friends to know he was meeting up with Jesus. He said, teacher, the things that you are doing are amazing. Like, you, God must be with you. And immediately, Jesus gets straight to the point of things. And he says, you must be born again. And this guy was a a Jew. He was a religious leader. He probably thought he was of the people of God. He probably thought he was a child of God. But Jesus says to the religious people, and me, and you, that you must be born again. So uh, just remember that. I could be born left-handed. I could be born red-haired. But I can't be born christian and the way that you become born again is that you anybody guess receive and a plus only backwards but you know, i'm just kidding it doesn't matter <laughs> believe and receive our let me let me just read something i wrote our big brother jesus christ we are born again because of what our big brother did for us okay So I just want to clarify what this means. God became a man, and he came to reconcile us back to himself. Jesus lived the sinless, righteous life that I could not live. Jesus died the death that I should have died for my sin. Jesus rises to give the gift that I could not earn, eternal life. Through faith in Jesus, trusting in Jesus, we are born again. Can I get an amen? All right, there we go. So spirituality does not save us. Being a good person does not save us. Our parents do not save us. Jesus saves us. He makes us a child of God. Amen. Okay, and then now the words that John uses here, I hope it's okay that I'm just jumping around this scripture. He says, uh, ashamed at his coming. Don't shrink back. Have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. How many of you did something as a child that your parents caught you and you were ashamed? We were talking about a time when I was, uh, I think I must have been in later years in primary school. And when we got home from school, we were supposed to do our school work, our homework. And we were not supposed to watch TV. <laughs> and so I remember one day, we got home, me and my brothers were there, and guess what we were doing? We watched, and we heard the garage door open. And so we jumped up, turned off the TV, got our school books out, and sat there. And then my dad comes walking in. And he, he looks at us. And then he looks at the TV, and he puts his hand on the TV. <laughs> and he could feel the heat <laughs> emanating off of the TV. <laughs> we didn't watch TV for a long time after that. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, live your life in a way That when I come, you won't be ashamed at my appearing. You'll be glad when I'm coming. You're not going to be hiding out. And when Jesus came the first time, he came uh, to identify with humanity. He came as a poor child, right? Born in a manger. He came born of a Virgin Mary. He He came in humility. He came to die for our sins, and he came very nice. But then the Bible says that he's going to come a second time. And when he left, it says that Jesus became exalted. And right now it says that he's sitting on a throne. And it says that he's going to come back, and he's going to be riding a horse. And he's coming in power before he came in weakness and meekness and gentleness, in his second coming, he's coming in power. And he's going to come and he's going to bring his kingdom. And there's going to be joy forever for those that are his. Isn't that that's amazing? And he, he's, he's going to come powerfully to change things forever. But it also says that he's coming to judge everybody, Christians and non-Christians. And John is saying to us here, are you ready when Jesus comes? Because one day, every single one of us is going to have to stand before him and give an account of how we live our lives. And it's a serious thing. And Jesus is going to be the judge. He's going to sit and and make decisions. And uh, John wants us to be ready. We don't know when that day is going to come, when the hour is going to come. But there is one thing that we can do. Do you know what it is? Be ready. That's what John says. Be ready. Are you ready? Or are you like me? Turn off the TV. Hide. He, maybe he won't know. If you're not ready, today's a good day to get ready. Amen. God is a good God. He wants all to be ready for him, his return. Okay, let's look at um, the next three verses. 1 John 3, verses 1 to 3. I'm going to read through these verses. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Let's do the next slide. Beloved, do you see John's language? Beloved, we're God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Uh, And so I call this family resemblance. Look around to somebody just say, you're looking good today. Looking good today. <laughs> if you're not too embarrassed, you're looking good today. When you get <clears throat> relationship right, it changes everything. When you get relationship right, it changes everything, right? Do you ever have somebody that you don't have a good relationship with tell you what to do? And then somebody that you have a good relationship with tells you the exact same thing to do? Is it different? It's different. When you get relationship right, it changes everything. In some families... uh, can I, I'm going to tell my my wife's story. Uh, in her family, and, and I think we can see it a little bit in our family, uh, w- there are some kids that are really excellent for their parents, good behaved, and then there are some kids who are really excellent behaved for anybody but their parents. <laughs> You're laughing. You know it's true, huh? Uh, When you get relationship right, it changes everything. And uh, God um, has specific ways that he desires his kids to live. In the previous verses, he says, those who are born of him practice righteousness. They live rightly according to his will. And so God has like, we call them rules, but it's just right living. And he's our authority. And uh, when you get relationship right, it changes everything. And John's saying, hey, what kind of love, do you see what kind of love the Father has for you? That you're a child of God. You're, he calls you his child. Not only that, but you are his child. He like double emphasizes it. And now you're his child, he says, third time. She keeps going on and on, trying to get it into us. And um, if you don't have relationship right, then uh, rules feel like a jail keeping you from fun. Yeah? Yeah? But if you get relationship right, rules feel like a fence protecting you from pain. So we went to a horse race yesterday with, um, and my, little, my daughter came, Jewel came, and we want, I wanted to bring her up as close as we could to see these amazing tall horses running And so we got up right up next to the fence near the finish line. And she even, like, climbed up the fence and was watching. And I was there, like, holding on to her. And she was there. She was just, she was getting so excited. She was, like, cheering for this gray speckled horse that she said was just like her mom's uh, horse when she was a little girl called Dream. And she was like... Go, tree, go! The horse fell over, and she cried about the horse falling over. But she just loved watching these horses go by. But we were—we just got right up next to this fence, and she had so much fun. But, but I knew as the parent, if this little girl climbs over that fence, she could get killed. These horses are crazy. They'll—they'll. They'll, not only that, but they have a road between it, and they have the the camera vehicle. Those things come flying by that are videoing the horses. And then there's ambulances following them. You know it's a great sport when there's ambulances there. <laughs> That's why I said about hurling as well. Ambulance with the door. Okay, I don't want to get sidetracked. But, but, but that fence was there to keep her safe, protect her from pain. And this is it. If you get relationship right, you see that God's rules are to not keep you from having fun they to protect you from pain. Family resemblance. So John's trying to say, he's really trying to just really like hammer it. You're a child of God. God loves you. You're the beloved. You're amazing. God sees you. He sees greatness in you. You are so awesome. God's plan for you is so good. He made you just like you are for a reason. He knows you. He made you. He loves you hey, that should change everything, All right? And, and this is what he says in, in these last verses. He says, what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Say that with me. We shall be like him. And <clears throat> when you're a child, you don't really realize how how much you're growing up, right? Do you remember that? And you talk to your kids they don't realize like you you bring them their 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 uncle comes and sees them and says man last time i saw you you were here and now you're here amazing and then pinching the cheeks and they're like don't touch me because they don't realize how much you don't realize how much you've grown usually and what john is saying here is is that like me with my little aiden god sees what you will be one day he has a vision for your life and like that warrior with his arrow he prepares you he shapes your life because he has a purpose for you that you'll make an impact in the world right he wants to send you out and change you and shape you to become like jesus who is like his father so i just want to say you know sometimes we get discouraged don't we I I wish I could be this or I should be this and I'm here and I should be there. I just want to say today that God sees what you will be. Have peace. He's creating in you what he wants you to become. Yeah? So just relax a little and smile a little. Have peace in your heart that God sees you. He sees greatness in you everyone thus who hopes in, in him purifies himself as he is pure we have hope there is hope hope is um it's a confident expectation of good hope is not like a maybe maybe it's i expect good and Jesus' promise to us is that we are children of God because of him. And Jesus' promise to us is that he is making us into what he wants us to become. So it's the it's the already and not yet that we live in. But we have hope for what we will be one day. And I don't think we can really comprehend it fully yet. But it's... Uh, you know, and sometimes I think hope is an interesting thing. Sometimes hope, we feel like we gotta um, ask and keep asking and beg, beg God to change us, change me, or make me Your child. But the way that God gives is that He gives gifts, so you don't have to beg for something that He's offering you right? That's hope. Like God's given it, so you can just receive it. I hope that's making sense. Maybe it's a hope, maybe one or two of you that's hitting, hitting you in this moment, that you don't have to beg for a maybe from God, because God has offered it to you as a gift, okay? Bob and Jan and the worship team, can we do one song? Yeah? All right. Let's all stand up. Let's close our eyes for a moment together. I just think this can be a special moment (coughs) for you today. And maybe in your heart, as I was talking about being a child of God, that you would say today that, hey, Noel, I want to become a child of God. I like what you said, like I I am valuable, but also I want to be God's child. If that would be you today, that you would desire to become God's child, In this moment, you could just pray this prayer with me from your heart to God and just say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I need you and I, I, I believe you that you've come to give me a brand new life. You give me the right to be called a child of God. And so come today into my life and bring that change to me to make me a child of God. And maybe you're here today and you would recognize that, oh, I haven't really been living like a child of God. I've been living more like somebody frustrated with the the jail imprisonment of God that I feel like I'm in. And maybe today you would just say to the Father, Father, help me to know who you are more today. I want to have this relationship with you where I can truly know that you are a good God and that the things that you ask me to do are not to keep me from good, but they're to keep me from pain. And Lord, today, I want to be ready and excited for when you come. Thank you, Lord.